It is the most wonderful time of the year, folks, but it's also probably the busiest, which means Johnny Bear and I are going to keep this one on the short side. I guess we'll do it that way as presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission, much like Santa Claus's, is to make entertaining works of art that explore our humanity. Okay, here's episode 32. Merry Christmas, John. Holy mackerel, is it Christmas already? Today, today, the release of this episode is Christmas. We'll go from our usual five listeners down to zero listeners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, dude. A lot of people want to get away from their families. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. This, is, this is our gift to you, the listener. A lot of people drinking too much eggnog and talking too much politics. Oh, boy. Um, at least you're talking politics. And not just yeah. brooding over them. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen... You know where that term comes from? Brooding? No. Oh, yeah, I do, actually. But tell, tell, yeah. Chickens will brood, and they'll... If they're... It, it's something to do with their eggs, if they... Well, I actually know lay, exactly what it is. Tell, could you tell us? Well, I usually... Yeah, I usually like to leave the Wikipedia roulette to you, John, but um, in this case, it seems <laughs> like I might have slightly more experience with this. Or stronger owned, together. We had four chickens... For That's a year right. And a half. Yeah. That's right. And you did. Uh, one of the chickens named Danger, she was sort of the alpha chicken. She was a chick. She was a she, but she was the alpha because we didn't have any roosters. I feel like what you just said, I've, I've heard in a Jordan Peterson lecture. <laughs> the alpha chicken? The alpha chicken, yeah. <laughs> if there's no men, the alpha chicken will rise. <laughs> um, yeah, but she, what happens basically is that the impulse to raise, to uh, hatch a chick becomes very strong mm. hormonally. And We're dealing with that over here, folks. <laughs> 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 and uh, they just sit on an egg. And the problem with it is, is that if they're just sitting on eggs, our chickens, for example, they all like to lay their eggs in the same box. Mm. And so Danger would be sitting on four eggs, not one, and mm. the other chickens would just like climb into this little tiny crate where they were, it was the nesting box, they'd climb in there with her, and I'd walk in and there'd be two chickens in one nesting box, and there's just not enough room for that. And then yeah. she'd step on one because there's too many, and then the other, break you know, em? and there's too much. Yeah, well, once in a while they'd break because there's too much weight because one of the other chickens is like on top of her. Sounds like and you just have a murderous serial killer chicken. I know. Well, the thing is, she's sitting on unfertilized eggs, so it'll Uh-oh. never hatch. Gotcha. That's where the brooding problem comes in. And she doesn't eat. She doesn't do. You know, she won't like get out of the box very often. It's so. There's different ways. Some people are just like give her a give her an egg and let her hatch it. Let me run to the store and get a fertilized egg. Exactly. I think what we actually had to do because she was starting to lose weight and like it's not really that healthy. Um, we had to put her. We had to lock her in like we have a little cage for for one of our dogs, like a dog kennel. We had to lock her in the kennel inside the coop so that she couldn't get onto the box for like two days. There's also wow. something about like they get real hot. And so you have to, like, create it so that they can't, like, nuzzle up and get real warm because that just perpetuates the cycle. It's very strange. 
man. Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas. <laughs> this 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 episode number thirty two is our mine and John's Christmas gift mm. to you. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, it's just a gift. It's just a, it's gift, a gift freely given. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The gift we of have, commercialism. Exactly. We have no expectation of anything in return except that you continue to listen and that you eventually buy merchandise and <laughs> go see rollers. Go Those see are our the movie. only expectations. I have a lot of weeding that needs to be done in my yard in the springtime. Yeah. We have we <laughs> otherwise have though this is a gift freely given for sure. Sure, sure. Except for all the conditions. Except for the conditions. So, Uncle Zay, you're you're out in sunny California. I was just out there. I know how sunny and beautiful it is. Yep. Is it hard to get in the Christmas spirit in such a tropical paradise? It's a little different, but you know, it does get cold. Gets down to a a frigid 45 degrees. Yeah, which, you know, but here's the thing. 45, when you're not used to it, mm-hmm. 45 feels like 25 when you are used to it. Right. So it gives you the same, I think it gives the same effect, mm-hmm. which is that yeah. you ha- or you're wearing a jacket and you're cold and you don't want to stand outside indefinitely. But it's but it is nice because it's still warm enough to sit outside for a while, but it feels cold. It's right. sort of like the feeling forty five is sort of like thirty five or no forty five is like thirty with a campfire. Mm. It's totally doable for an extended period of time, but it's yeah. still chilly. Yeah, which I well, love. You- I think that's the perfect temperature. It's pretty good. I, I was out there, and yeah, you had to wear a jacket. I was frequently cold at night, and not uncomfortably so, but... Um, what are you, you trying know, to say about my house, John? No, no, out walking the street. Mm-hmm. You sure you, you weren't talking little... about while you were sleeping? No, it was out that while I was... That was a closeted complaint about my in- insulation? It was when I was walking the street to earn a little extra spending money. <laughs> um, you could have we've told got... me you needed some, John. <laughs> we've got, we've got uh, family in town, and... Uh, my brother-in-law was here the other night, and I had the good idea to show him and my wife a couple TV shows. And before I showed him the show, I was in my head. I was getting so excited. Like, they're going to love this. It's going to blow Let me guess their what mind. you watched. Yeah. Um, the Big Bang Theory and okay. um, Young Sheldon. You know... Feels like you know nothing about me. <laughs> you would never show them those shows. I think you showed them an episode of Rick and Morty. That's a good guess, but no, it's not an episode. So it's oh, a oh, oh. it's a it's a thing that Netflix bought, and it's uh it's like an hour long, but it's just a complete one time thing. Hmm. I actually I think I told you about it. I'll and I'll tell you now. It's Darren Brown's The Push. Hmm. And Darren Brown's The Sacrifice. So the idea so behind these. Special. Yeah, they're two little specials. And the guy's a magician, hypnotist, that kind of thing. And he basically puts people through these like very unusual circumstances, a la The Truman Show, where he creates a world around them that they're unaware exists. And he puts them in really difficult circumstances and sees what people do. It culminates, and this isn't a spoiler, it's said right out in the front, but it culminates with them trying to get a person to push somebody off of a ledge and kill them. Wow. Right? 
So yeah, I was yeah. showing them these these things, and I was so excited. <laughs> but when you get a uh, a pair of fresh eyes on something, you see it kind of differently. Like I I watched these two shows, and I bought them completely. Right. And after about I don't know twenty five minutes into it where they're getting like an unsuspecting guy to hide a body and like cover up evidence and all this crazy stuff. My brother-in-law just turns at me and he's like, is this a little Blair witchy? Mm. And it, and it, I was completely crestfallen because that had not occurred to me, but by that, does he mean staged? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it had not occurred to me because the entire power of this special hinges on it being real if it's not real it's trash i don't think they would fake it they claim they didn't but at now everybody out there is my christmas gift to you watch this show it's an hour long it's called the push darren brown it's on netflix watch it with your families how do they okay how do they do this without giving people ptsd that's a great question i mean if it's real at the end of it there's no have. question that the, the people would be very, very upset. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. Because here's, okay, so you know what, John? I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to stick yeah. with our theme. Hit me. I don't know that I'm going to watch it because. Okay. Because here's the thing if it's real, it feels slightly unethical. And if, it's, and if it's fake, I'm not interested. Yeah, that's, that's a really, really strong argument. I would say that's, that's totally fair. It's tough I'm not to judging watch. you for watching it. No, no, no. I know. And I didn't really know what I was getting into, TBH. Um, but... Is, uh, t- <laughs> thought thought before had. Th- thought before... Like, you didn't know what you were getting into. Thought before had known what it, it was. TBH means thought-based heuristic. It's oh. a model for looking at the world. Oh. Just kidding. It means... TBH, to be honest, I didn't really know what it, that much about it before I watched it, but... Yeah, that's a that's a good point. It is tough to watch. It's like a hidden, essentially a hidden camera show, and they're putting people, a person through a Have great seen, ordeal. It might be Darren Brown. It might be another guy who. Yeah. He, I think it was Simon Pegg. You know Simon Pegg. He's in um, he's in a lot of really funny movies. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. the British comedic yeah, British guy, actor, uh, Hot Fuzz, Shaun yeah. of the Dead, those kinds of things. Really, he was. Actor. Oh, I just watched Mission Impossible. Oh on yeah, the plane. he's got a big role in Mission Impossible. Yes, Mission Impossible that we reviewed. What did you back think of it now that you months. finally saw it? I didn't hate it. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought Tom Cruise, um, he did great, even though he looked like a thousand bees had stung his face. <laughs> his his face was so what? like sort of. It's not bloated is not the right word. It Puppy? actually just looks swollen like bee stung because Puppy. he had so much Botox. You think? Oh, 100%. I didn't notice. Yeah, there's no creases in his face. I'm 32. No, no, no. Sorry, 33. I'll be 34 next week. I have a thousand more creases and lines in my face than him. He has had serious work done, man. Weird. Serious work. How old yeah. is he now? Is he pushing 60? He's 60. Yeah, he's like 50, late 50s, 60s. I, anyway, the movie was good. There's a ton of great, tons of great action. It, it was believable, you know, whatever. Not believable. It was fun. It was great. Well, no, I actually really it, enjoyed it, it. Not believable, but um, it, 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 uh, it, it appeared real. Right. Yeah, totally. It, everything looked good. The special effects were amazing. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was strong. I mean, for what it was, it was really strong. I mean, hey, you know what? If you liked it on a plane, I think you would have maybe really liked it if you'd seen it at a theater. Yeah. Well, they also, I, I don't know why. I watched uh, like a Tom, couple. Of the- Tom Cruise is like dangling from a helicopter and they're like, uh, we, uh, we're, we're, 20, we're going to have drink surfers now. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, and he just like keeps talking for 36 minutes and then never actually says anything. It's funny you say that because on the Delta flight back, when I watched Mission Impossible early into the movie, they're, they're setting up what is very obviously going to be a mask pull off, you know? Oh Yeah. I mean, you could see it coming a mile away, but you're already, like, delighted. You know, it was very good. the masks are one of the best things about Mission Impossible. It's so great. But right as the guy is doing it in the beginning, he's, like, reaches into his shirt, you know, and you know he's about to pull the mask off. Like, right before it comes off, it goes, oh, we're going to be, we're at a cruising altitude here if you want to use the bathrooms. (laughs) And the screen is stuck, you know, because they don't advance the movie. Anyway, uh, yeah, great movie. Well, And you're kind of like, yo, this is not the... Like let's adjust. Totally unnecessary. It used to be like, yeah, everybody's sitting back there, bored out of their minds. They love hearing from the pilot, dude. Mm. Don't care. You're basically a bus driver. Ooh, just kidding. that is dark. All right, you know what? All my friends who are pilots, I'm sorry I said that. I didn't mean to offend you. It's not. It's I didn't mean it like that. It's you know what though. Being a bus driver is a very important job. Being a bus driver means there are. Upwards of 50 lives in your hands. That's an important job. I'm not saying yeah. it's not important. It just doesn't mean I don't. I want to hear you talk all that much. No. Pipe down I think up there. that's, yeah, pipe down. Pipe. pipe it up. <laughs> pipe it up. Pipe it up. <laughs> Mission Impossible. I, I'd recommend it if you're into it. The Push by Darren Brown. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna still recommend it, but qualify it. You know, if, if you're sensitive or whatever, you don't like to see people messed with, yeah, don't watch it. Uh, but it is fascinating to see how crazy and manipulatable people are. Wait, so we were talking about Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in Mission Impossible. Oh, 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 because I think Darren Brown did a thing where he basically was able, knowing, okay, somehow he had, I don't know if it was him, but he had this thing where he could basically convince you, even if you thought you were in on the game, convince you to ask for a very specific gift um now the the idea was like i'm gonna get you to ask me for what i want you to ask me for without ever telling you explicitly what i want you to ask for but i'll tell the audience what it is so he tells us ahead of time like i'm gonna make simon Pegg convinced that the thing he wants most in the world right now is like a red bicycle something he would never actually even want and you watch him do it and eventually he's like what do you want what gift do you want right now like what you know what do you want to be in this box and simon Pegg says like a red bicycle and you're like what it makes absolutely no sense so i i mean it, it it could be real i don't know well, I watched um, a little bit of his Darren Brown stage magic, and he does he does that. So he has um, he he does a word game where he ma- he asks people in the audience to to say anything, like say a person. It could be right. a fictional person, anything. And by the end of it, he he constructs a sentence with them, you know, a very implausible Mad Libs type sentence, 
and he produces like a sealed box, you know, and out of it he pulls a piece of paper with a sentence very, very similar to that. Whoa. Like when I saw, yeah, and it's I don't know exactly the mechanism that he's using, but he is talking the entire time, right? So he's engaging with the audience while he's getting them to write stuff, and it's clear that somehow through stuff he says, he is creating in them like a a very he's putting them on tracks almost. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's getting them thinking a certain way and they come to a conclusion without ever saying Mickey Mouse, which is what he wants them to write. It's wild. It's very unusual. I I love live magic. I kind of sometimes wish, you know, back in like the the turn of the century, kind of when illusions were probably at their height. Mm. That stuff was so interesting because back then there was no TV, you know, like the stuff that people thought of. I, I heard this one story, this one very famous story of this guy who did the saw the people in half trick, but he did it with a guy from the audience and this tall lanky dude gets up, walks out of the audience, uh, goes up there, gets into the box and then he saws him in half and then the legs walked away and the upper body pulled itself like down the stage. Oh wow. And, Everyone, dude, people were vomiting and fainting and freaking out. And the way he did it is that he had, he found a a, a small person who could somehow make these legs look real and just be legs, basically. And then he found a guy who was born with no legs. And so he Yikes. like made them balance on each other. I, it, dude, it's insane. It's it's totally totally insane. And uh apparently it's very believable. Since this is a film podcast um or is it? slightly related to film. <laughs> we have talked about two movies. Yeah, it's tangentially related to film. Yeah. But uh when they first showed that they set up a projector in a cafe in Paris and they showed that video of the train coming towards the audience. Oh, yeah. And People in the audience jumped out of the way as the right. train got into the foreground because it felt so real to them, you know? Totally. I mean, it's like your boys when they thought, uh, you know, that, that the the Indiana Jones face-melting scene was real humans dying. Right, right. Did they actually kill a person? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, John, speaking of that, I've talked to several people recently, not yeah. just like one other person, three other people, including you, Mm-hmm. who have basically said that that one moment in that movie was what the like one of the defining oh yeah scared moments as a kid. Dave Farina said that, didn't he? Oh, that's right. He did say it. Yes. Yeah. He mentioned so that very scene. Yeah, it's powerful. That's Spielberg, you know. To a couple I mean, other people who said the same thing. It's crazy. Yeah, it just there's a lot of different stuff in that. It's not just the gore, you know, it's the whole supernatural element and even just the way it's shot, you know, the guy with his greedy eyes looking at the, it's, it's very, uh, it's great. It's a great scene. Excellently rendered. Um, what's going on in the world of rollers, dude? Rollers is just rolling along. Hey, yo, that's the last time I'll ever make that pun. Highly doubt that. It's going, dude, it's going great. Um, Good. You know, things are, cast is starting to come together. I I keep putting it off and saying I'll say something about it later, and I'm very sorry that I keep not giving real updates. 
But the 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 basic gist is uh, we are in a great position with cast, um, and we're just kind of finalizing details. So I just don't want to start blabbing about names yet. Um, we did have one person who I was really excited about playing one of the lead roles. I won't say which one. This person, unfortunately, had to step away because he or she has basically uh, a record deal as well and and had some commitments where they owed a bunch of songs and, and they just kind of were like, look, I love this movie and I want to do it, but I love it enough that I don't want to do it poorly. And at this point, I, I just can't do it. And I was like, you know what? Thank you for that honesty. Totally makes sense. So that was a bummer because I think they would have been perfect for that role. But that's honestly, dude, that's kind of the biggest hiccup right now. I mean, lots of other awesome stuff is happening though. Crews coming together, still hiring people. Um, you know, the last, what's the last person you hired? Good question. Um, I feel like, or I I should say what position, a a couple actors have come on board in the last week. Um, I'd say those are the two most, most recent. Mm hmm. And so. now, and now, what what stage are we in? Because now the clock is counting down. I mean, you're a month and ten days away. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, wow, that is insane. I mean, basically, I'm working a lot right now, and then I'm hoping that between Christmas and New Year's, or between Christmas and like the third of January, I can really kind of chill get my head on straight. I'm, I've been sick for like a month straight. I've just been going too hard. I think I really need to like take a break, you know, cause we're hosting family and I'm working the same time and I'm, you know, we're doing this and just a ton of stuff. So it's all great stuff, but I just really need to like take a break, take a breather or else I'm probably just going to end up being sick all the way through rollers and I don't want that to happen. Yeah. So my hope is to really, really, really relax for about a week and then effectively just jump into prep and uh, uh, Tara will be here. Uh, Other people are getting here, you know, in the first week of the month, really. So that's when we start going hard on, on, on pre-production. And that's just two weeks away. Yeah. Oh boy. Tell us if you're ready. Are you ready? Okay. I am. You have effectively, you have a week until this starts yeah because now you're yeah, doing christmas oh, you're not geez. doing diddly Holy squat smokes. until after christmas Ooh, yeah i mean you're right we've got 40 a month and 10 days until we're on set but yeah really a week until we're making the movie full time um you know dude i uh, as everyone who listens to the show knows this is not normal for me but i feel really good about it and i feel like I am, I keep, you know, new, as we get closer, new challenges keep coming up and new things that I haven't yet done keep coming up. And I kind of keep waiting for that moment to come when I realize I'm in way over my head, not just because I'm busy, but because I'm like, I am woefully underprepared for this or unqualified for this. And yeah, I kind of just keep not feeling that way. I mean, it's not that I, it's not that I ha- am not learning constantly and doing new things, but there is every time something new comes up so far, at least I've had the thought, this is a challenge. I don't necessarily know how to solve it, 
but I feel like I've been in this situation or something somewhat related to this before, and I don't right. feel completely lost. And uh, that's a really encouraging feeling, I got to say. So what are you going to do in the final week before people arrive? Um, I mean, I yeah, I'm hoping to chill. I think I need to do a lot of, I think that's honestly going to be kind of the last big push on the script. I'm hoping to spend some time with actors, mm-hmm. you know, and really like hone in. Not a lot's going to change. It's just, it's, it's sort of taking that last, basically, you know, the, the, there's this weird thing with a lot of projects. I mean, not even just creative, but specifically with writing where I can write a first draft very quickly. I can outline a movie in a day easily. Mm-hmm. I can, I mean, if I have an idea, I can write a first draft in a few weeks, couple weeks. Um, if I had to, I, I don't want, that's not going to be a good draft, but I could technically accomplish that goal. But what's weird is that like, you just start working harder. You, you get diminishing returns for the n- number of hours you put in. And so now we're kind of to this point where, I could easily invest another 50 plus hours in the script and it will change very, very minimally. But the changes that do happen will be extremely important for sort of pushing it over that final hump. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, I do think, I don't know, maybe 40, 50 hours. That's probably, that's probably more than I'll actually do, but all, all told, yeah, that it's, it's not a gross, it's not a crazy exaggeration you know, between now and production. So uh, some of my time is definitely going to be devoted to, to honing the script in. And what else, uh, what else you got going on for Christmas? Oh, my John, dude? I bought a, speaking of Christmas. Yeah. I gave, you got a little Christmas gift. I gave Rufus a little Christmas gift. Uh, his guitar. I bought him a guitar. Really? Yeah. It is a, well, you know what? I don't, I don't want to say what it is quite yet because, we're talking to a couple of different major electric guitar manufacturing brands mm. about possibly being involved with the movie and sponsoring some stuff. And we don't have all that finalized. So I don't want to like commit to one on the off chance that the one we're talking to ends up uh, not working out. And we go in a different direction. So I, I don't want to say what it is. But yeah, dude, we went guitar shopping. I bought a guitar for him. Ooh. I was playing it last night. It sounds real good. I'm going to kind of. Yeah. I'm going to work with Rufus to make it look, you know, uh, yeah, kind of worn in and it's going to be juicy. I can't wait. And it culminates with it being lit on fire, right? Oh yeah. No, it, it doesn't culminate with that. That's the first, uh, first step. we light it on <laughs> That's fire. That's the beginning and the rest, he just looks for a new guitar. Uh, yeah. But the, the, the guitar is just always eternally burning in the background. Mm, whoa. That's like a Charlie Kaufman metaphor right there. Yep. Um, anyway, what's, what's new in your world, John? Other, you, you've got family in town. Oh yeah. Um, back, back to the old grindstone, my friend. You know, I got the, well, we're on, we're all on break over here. So we're hanging out with the kids. Me so and my it's not life. that grindy. No, definitely not. It's smooth sailing. <laughs> but, but you do have a lot of people in town. We you're, got people in a, town. You cook a lot, obviously. Well, you know, I gotta knows. be honest. No, I don't. I haven't cooked anything in forever. No, it's. I'm I'm serious, man. I have not cooked. I've cooked like eggs and stuff, but now nah, I'm I've given up on that. I'm sick of it. What? I'm done with it. Wow. I got it. You know, I just said to my life partner last night, I got to get back into cooking. I don't know why. I just have not had time for it in the last like two years, year and a half. 
Um, yeah, that's wild, dude. Well, yeah, it uh, used to be a big, hope, big part of my life. I hope it one day can become a big part of your life again. Well, I got a, um, you know what? This Christmas, I'll I'll give the gift back to the world. I got this uh, Hawaiian cookbook. I'm gonna do a little Meli Kaliki Maka Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Meli Kaliki Maka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's I'm not gonna get lured into this. No, I'm not getting lured into this. Palm trees Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Melikaliki Maka is Hawaii's way To say Merry Christmas to you Christmas Credits Produced by Uncle Zay Edited by Captain Dingus Cover art Nate Gear Dono. Mama Bear Productions. Look deep into your lover's eyes. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright. The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Melikilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you.